So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 4 of The Other Way. In this episode, Debbie's lawyer doesn't do much to calm down her son Julian, Nicole seems to immediately regret the decision of coming to Egypt, Jamie hears a lot more about Chris's medical issues, Gabriel isn't a big fan of a local Colombian delicacy, and Jen cannot seem to figure out what Rishi's plan is. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we will be covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, not too bad. February's wrapping up, which means it's going to be a long the, start, the start of my busy... As bad as it always is, if anybody knows teachers, they always complain about March, right? Yes. Because they're like, March is so long. I That's when I take extra duties and do coaching on top of everything. So March and April to me are just- Go by fast. They're they're just crazy. I'm just so busy for yeah. March and April. I mean, I guess I'm busy too, but it just seems to drag on because every week is the same. Well, yeah. That, There's that, nothing that, to that break it up like, you know, there usually is, but- Speaking of just long, uh, let's start off with the longest couple. We saw the most of Jen and Rishi this uh, this time. So Jen is in the bathroom getting ready at her hotel room in India. She has a six hour drive to get to Rishi's town. Jen says that it's fate, but she worries that maybe the attraction isn't there anymore since it's been years since their last physical meeting. Jen tries to make small talk with the cab driver, and he is not having any of this conversation. He yeah. pretty much agrees that yeah. it's crazy she's marrying this guy she hasn't seen in two years. And yeah, yeah says yeah to everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back at Rishi's house, he's saying his prayers at his mom's house. He's very excited to see Jen. But over breakfast, his mom breaks the news that she's trying to arrange a marriage with him. Rishi is kind of dismissive and says that if he's back from the gym in time, then he'll meet these women. And he tells us that he blows off arranged meetings because he doesn't want to tell them about Jen. He assumes that his mom wouldn't approve of Jen because Jen is older and she is an Indian. Rishi has picked out an apartment for Jen and he's going to meet her there while he told his mom he was going to the gym. He feels guilty for lying to his mom. Rishi is getting very nervous about Jen's arrival, but he's there to greet her with the part at the apartment, and she is impressed with how nice it is. Jen says that Rishi is not really the romantic type, so she's impressed that he spelled out I love you and roses on the bed. Jen says she's still attracted to him. They flirt over some alcoholic beverages, and Rishi keeps looking at his watch, and Jen asks why. Rishi says that he needs to keep his eye on the time, otherwise he's going to have to explain to his family why he's been gone for so long. Jen then says uh, something about how she doesn't want to sleep with Rishi. She wants to make sure they're on the same page, and she thinks that sex will cloud their judgment. She suggests that they wait until they're married to have sex again, and Rishi asks why. They've already <laughs> done it. Jen says that she doesn't want him to change his mind about marriage if he's getting the milk for free, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. He did not seem to know what she meant no, at all. He she, was very confused. No, he definitely didn't. He's like, cows. <laughs> <laughs> Rishi isn't bothered too much about it and says, that, yeah, they could wait a little more. No big deal. 
Jen then asks when they can get married, and Rishi says that they will need to present her to the family and implies that she will need to befriend the family before he actually tells his family that they're engaged. Rishi is asking for more time to introduce her as his fiance. Jen says that she's going to follow his lead even though she only has four months on her visa. Overall, Jen's expectations are met because she still has feelings for Rishi and the apartment is more than she expected. However, Jen's first night at the apartment was, as she says, just okay. She says that the apartment is lacking some basic amenities like heat, blankets, toilet paper, towels. (laughs) Rishi comes by with some provisions, including yoga mats for a quick yoga session, but more importantly, a space heater. Rishi says that he didn't know what she wanted, which is why he didn't buy much. I mean, I think everybody wants toilet paper if that's an option. Yeah, but, but which which toilet paper? Oh Who gosh. knows? If she wants so, that stuff. Yes, no toilet better paper is better than the wrong type of toilet paper. <laughs> right. So uh, Jen feels like she wasn't being heard about her discomfort, and she's kind of irritated that he's prioritizing yoga over her feelings or toilet paper. Jen and Rishi do yoga on the roof. He wants to do some partner yoga. Jen then brings up their abstinence conversation and asks Rishi if he's been faithful over the last few years. She gives him an out saying it would be okay if he, you know, had slept with someone else uh, as long as he's honest about it. Rishi just kind of laughs it off, saying he's been working 16 hours a day, so there isn't much time to do anything else. Jen then asks if he's engaged in any conversations that might have been flirtatious. And Rishi admits that he gets a lot of attention and compliments from his clients, but he doesn't really do anything about it. Jen warns him that if she finds anything out different than what he said, that it would be over. Jen does trust him, but Rishi feels hurt that Jen has doubts about his fidelity. Uh, Jen and Rishi go shopping to pick out clothes for Jen to wear to meet his family. Jen says she understands why he hasn't told his family they are engaged. She agrees to be introduced as a friend. Jen also thinks that he better not take too long to tell his family because she moved to another country for him. Jen is presented some dress options with a male model draping the clothes over him. And let me just also say the male model has a full beard. So (laughs) it's kind of ruining the illusion of a model. But Jen is presented some. uh, So Jen says she met the family before at his sister's wedding about a year ago. Jen says the clothes, uh, she's not liking him. They're just not her. Jen thinks that the clothes look better on the male model and it's you know, just not what she's looking for. Jen thinks that the clothes will hint to his mom that possibly they're in a relationship. And Rishi says it's in their style. Jen then asks how bad it would be if they tell her she's his fiance. And Rishi says he could be banned from leaving the house or they could push him into another marriage. Jen laughs and thinks that that's absurd. And she's mad that they have to lie about the status of their relationship. Jen pressures him to tell his family and then gets stubborn and says she doesn't want to meet his family if he's not going to be honest and walks out of the store. Jen says she'll be ready to talk tomorrow and Rishi says he just wants everybody to be happy. Rishi asks her to do it his way and if it doesn't work, they'll do things her way. Jen is tired of the excuses and is wondering if she's the one who's sacrificing too much. All right. So why do you think that Jen had like a very quick change of heart where at first she's like, "Okay, I trust you. We'll do this your way. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, I'm just not even going to meet your family if you're not going to tell them we're engaged. I 
I think it went real quick because I think it became very apparent as this, you know, clothes shopping thing went on that he didn't actually have a plan. Like, I think she was like, yeah, I'll go meet your family as a friend. And then we have step by step by step to get us to where we need to go. And as they were doing this, as she was talking, as they were talking about the outfit should be, she realized, no, you don't have anything past. I'll introduce you as a friend tomorrow. That was it. That's the last step you have in your plan. You don't have another step, right? So why are we even doing this? I thought this was a system to break this to them slowly where it's like, no, I just – I have a, you're, it's going to be a secret indefinitely. And she didn't think she signed up for a secret indefinitely, especially when she they've been engaged for two years. I am also confused because why does she have to be presented to the family at all? Didn't she just say that she went to sister's wedding like not that long ago? So hasn't hypothetically the family already met her? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. You would think they met her as a friend then, right? Right. It, but especially because and it, it, it went on with the clothes because I mean I was also laughed very much too at like I they had was there not any women that worked at the store at all <laughs> that it's like you're skinny like a woman come put this dress in front of you <laughs> <laughs> didn't even put it on just like draped it over himself and tried to tighten it like this right. is what it would look like um, but as they were doing that she was like. And I think especially the part where she said something like, oh, well, you know, that seems a bit oh, – that seems a bit much, right, for somebody mm-hmm. who's supposed to be just your friend, this full Indian get up. And and then the shop guy was like, oh, they don't know your status? Then that is a bit much. <laughs> right? and she was like, see? Like, what are you doing? What What is the idea here? That's and right. he didn't have an answer because I don't know that he has an answer for anything because I don't think he thought this through – at all. This whole episode was like, oh, Rishi's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because he's very educated. But I mean, that's yeah. not to say educated people can't be dumb. I mean, come on. Basic necessity. Toilet paper. Yeah. It didn't have toilet paper or towels or heat. She slept Blankets. in a freaking coat and hat on. Blankets. I like know. sheets. Like I don't. You, you got to think of some some of this stuff you need, right? Right. Like, and um, it's just like, what are you? And then, and then it gets frustrating too because he comes the next day and she's telling him what she needs, and he's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Look at this yoga pose. Like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> this is my priority. As we do this baller yoga pose, like, yeah, whatever. Toilet paper, no big deal. Yoga pose, though. Look at she's like flying. Look at it. It looks awesome. <laughs> Let's do that. Like, it's like, what are you even doing, man? Yeah. All right. So yeah, it's so I don't know. I I, we, they, I feel like there was a lot here, um, and it's just like the dumbest lying you can possibly imagine. Like you you can just see the train coming down the tracks and him going like, uh, like having no idea what he's going to do, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I think they're just going to continue to get comparisons um, to Jenny and Summit because it pretty much is the same thing. Like what happened when they found out Jenny was like dating Summit? They forced him into an arranged marriage. It. Well, they also they also did trap him in the house, which yes, is like, they what? They trap him in the in house? The house. <laughs> Apparently this is an Indian thing. I, I don't know. That's what I my takeaway is from this. But You know, it's just I don't know. It just reminds me of the same thing. I think the difference is that this Jen doesn't seem to be as much of a pushover as Jenny. 
right? I mean, as much as she protested at the end of the day, she's still going back to Summit, you know, and still going to be there for him. And I just, it'll be interesting to see if Jen really does kind of stand up to him because, to Rishi, because, you know, she started off by saying, oh, yeah, okay, like, you know, I'll just meet them. No big deal. And all of a sudden, I don't even want to meet them if you're just going to continue to lie to them. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it came from her plan to, you know, not have sex to keep herself from being dignitized <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like she's like, I know what's going to happen. And I know what your plan is. Your plan is to do this, have me just be in a good mood, and then whatever. I'll go along with whatever. That's okay, not going to happen. Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised if she was also coming at it from, oh, well, he's going to really want to have sex with me. So if I dangle that as a carrot or reward, he'll be more likely to complete the things that need to be completed. And so that way we can have sex again. But yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's a double edged, I, I, double edged thing. I really do think, I do think that she knows herself well enough to be like, listen, when I start having sex with somebody, I make terrible decisions. <laughs> like, I just, I just, it's not a good place for her to be in because I, th- I think she does. I think she gets infatuated. She's like, oh, everything's so good and going great. And then they get, just gets her, you know, gets herself into a bad situation. Yeah. All right. So speaking of people who might be getting themselves into a bad situation, let's switch over to Debbie. So we have Debbie. And she's moving to Morocco in a week to marry Osama. And she's taking her son Julian along with her to the attorney's office to draft a prenup. So I don't – this is a very – I have lots of questions about this and we'll get to them. (laughs) So she says she most wants to protect her children and to reassure them that this is like the real deal. She's – it's not Osama just coming after her money. But on the ride, Julian doesn't really sound like he's going to be reassured by anything besides her staying in the States and not marrying this guy. So Debbie says that Julian is rough around the edges and uh, always – but it's only because he has her best interests at heart. And we certainly saw a lot of rough around the edges from Julian. (laughs) So we get to sit down and Debbie's lawyer Gina runs through all the details of the prenup. Julian asks how this will work, you know – for Moroccan law, like, okay, we make a prenup here. What about Morocco? And she was like, yeah, we can't make Morocco enforce the contract. But, you know, <laughs> if all our, if all our uh, things are in located physically in Georgia, then they can't come get them from Morocco either. So when lawyer asks if Osama has any benefits, that's when Julian really makes a bunch of comments. Maybe a skateboard, freaking kid. God, he's like 12. She's <laughs> a gosh which is pretty much Julian's attitude the entire time. So the age is actually news to Gina the lawyer and Julian also kind of asks, well, how are we going to protect uh, this guy from swindling my mom? Cause she's getting swindled. Like it's happening. It's like, how am I going to stop it? Um, and just like unloading all of her accounts. So and basically they can't <laughs> Debbie, Debbie says that she anticipates a happily ever after this time, which you speak to that every time, mom. <laughs> um, so how might things go if, if she does get her happily ever after and she wants to move some money? Is it like all or nothing? Can she give him some money? Blah, 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 blah. We'll kind of get into that. But Julian is convinced that this is the dumbest thing he's ever heard. Um, Debbie's already secretly supporting Osama from nothing. And it's only a matter of time before all of her money is gone completely. Um, and, 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 you know, he gets nothing. So, <laughs> 
Okay. So I guess my question, this was, this felt like, I personally felt like this was the Julian show on this one. It was like just Julian being a jerk the whole time. Yeah. So do you believe Debbie that he has his, her best interests at heart or is he just looking after his inheritance? Uh, I believe that he does because my theory is that Debbie does not have all that much money. She's kind of a free spirit hippie like artist type, right? Yeah, for I sure. I think Julian is concerned that she's being used and so he's really trying to prevent Osama from having access to any money, but not because, you know, he's going to make it rich by, you know, having access to Debbie's money, but just because it's like I want you know, him to prove that he loves her for her and would be there even if she's not bankrolling everything. And that was my interpretation of it, at least. Yeah, well, I mean, he seems to think that she at least already has enough money that she could secretly have been bankrolling him. Uh, right? Yeah, but maybe because, uh, you know, Julian also seems like the kind of uh, American who seems mm-hmm. to believe everyone is much worse off. In every other country. (laughs) And so for the same reasons that some people from other countries believe that all Americans are rich, you know, maybe Julian thinks that, you know, all Americans are rich compared to other people in other countries. So, of course, Debbie could be bankrolling his life. Yeah, I guess he would say, hey, he's like, oh, you do send him a hundred bucks a month and he's set, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, no problem. Right. So, yeah, I, I I could see that. I just, I mean. We uh, this is the second week though we don't we haven't seen Osama and I don't know how you feel but I feel like we can't really pass a really have my own opinion on what's going on here until we see him and he makes a convincing case as to why he's into her because right she's not like other sixty seven year olds you know no I, I know she's definitely a free spirit um <laughs> didn't we see like a preview of him or something like that we did and of course <laughs> I laughed because they showed him on his. Well, they showed him on a skateboard. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he gosh. was like his only yeah. asset as a skateboard. <laughs> but I do think he's got kind of like a weird look about him, too. So I can also see that maybe he's not someone who possibly gets a lot of attention. Um, and so I think he might just be more open in general. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, it, it's – it's she's definitely a certain type, and we were talking about this offline. I've met old ladies of this type, and it's mm-hmm. free spirit. I don't know if it's quite hippie, but I get what you're where you're going with that. Could yeah. be hippie ish, but definitely free spirit. Definitely, I'm gonna wear my hat. I don't care what you like, what you all think, and I'm gonna yeah. do what my own thing wants to do. And bless bless your heart, I'm gonna do it right. Well, I think the artist piece to me spells hippie, right? Sure. I can see that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I, it's a type of old lady that can be a lot to take, mm-hmm. right? It's something like it, it's, it's, it's somebody that like if you if you're around them and you're there and you meet them and they do a thing, you're like, oh, she was a riot. Oh my goodness, she's such a free. She's so different than everybody else. So life of everything. But if you have to spend a lot of time with that person, it's a lot to yeah. deal with all the time. And I don't. I'm actually kind of curious, and that's within. American culture, right? Mm-hmm. Going over and being in a completely different culture and having to deal with a very large amount of personality, yeah. right? Could could prove maybe tougher than he thinks it might be. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. But I mean, he at least or they have at least met each other in person. So, I mean, I think they've got some vibes. I mean, I don't think the amount of time they've actually spent is enough to really, really know each other. But I mean, it's a good start. It's better than some of these couples. Yeah. They, they, well, some of these couples, we have another one that never even saw each other before they moved. That's, right. That's yeah. not. So, yes, it's a, it. As much as the big age difference is, it is a better foundation than a lot of the other couples, for sure. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, speaking of couples that had never met before, uh, let's talk about Chris and Jamie. So, it's the morning after their first night together. Chris thinks everything has been perfect. Jamie also feels really good and says that the sex was amazing. Chris is happy that their sexual chemistry was there. Chris then brings up that she's allergic to mint, so she'll likely have to find some kid's toothpaste because TSA threw out her special toothpaste. Chris then gives Jamie the wedding shoes she wanted. Chris also bought a wedding dress that she brought. Chris says that she gave Jamie a budget for an apartment of $400, and Jamie found an apartment she agreed to without asking Chris's permission, even though it cost $500. Jamie says she got the apartment because she knew Chris would like it. Jamie offers to work a little more to help pay the bills and the extra cost. Jamie also has some vacation time, so she says she can use it to spend it with Chris. Chris hopes that things will work out financially, even though Jamie has really gone over budget. Later, they walk through the streets of Bogota as Chris is telling Jamie about the country. Chris brings up the fact that they can be publicly affectionate without worrying what people think there. They walk to the pharmacy where they get Chris's toothpaste and medication. Chris talks about then her neck injury and neck pain, which is why she needs medication. Jamie asks why she just doesn't get surgery, and Chris says that it's very expensive and takes a year to really recover from it. Jamie had no idea that it was this bad, and she's starting to get concerned that... Chris just seems to have this growing list of ailments and special needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think um, if you were Jamie in this situation? Would you be like, oh, I had said something about it to my partner when I was watching it. I said, oh, she doesn't even know she's high maintenance. And then yeah. he was saying, well, you know, I don't think that they really even know what high maintenance is. What you mean? Like culturally, high maintenance isn't really a, yeah. a concept. Right. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But like, yeah, this is another certain type of person I know. And I don't know if it's bad luck or if it's personality, but man, there's some people who just seem to think there's always something else wrong. Right, right. right. And no matter what you thought, you uncovered everything that was wrong, but nope, there's more. Yeah. And nope, there's more. And there's something else. And there's this, and there's this, and oh, there's this. And it's, it's one of those things that is like, this is a bad time to be finding it out. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of with with Jamie. I was like, you've been talking for how long? How would you just now figuring out that she's eventually I'm going to have to get surgery on this neck? Yeah. Right? Like that, it seems like it would be something that would have come up well before. Like right. the first time you talked about the neck, oh, you have neck pain? Tell me about it. what happened. Oh, wow. Like that would come up in that conversation, right? Yeah. Like before you even like, this is somebody I'm going to marry. But that's like that's like a getting to know you part of the conversation. Yeah. And that that's what concerns me is like, wow, you didn't know the getting to know you stuff? Like 
before you get into this relationship? Wow. Right. And I understand from Jamie's perspective, it's like, okay, you have neck pain. Fine. I mean, if someone had told me that, I don't know how many follow-up questions I would have had. You know, like, oh, do you need surgery for that? Tell me about the surgery. But when Jamie was talking or Chris was talking about it, I was like, this is a pretty intense surgery. I've never heard of a neck surgery like that before. Maybe I just don't know that many people who've had neck surgery. But oh, it's like, I definitely have seen the I, I know the halo she's talking about. Yeah. Like I've definitely seen that halo. And I just don't I don't know that I've seen anybody who where she said it had to be on for a year. Yes. For the healing. Year. That was the part that was like, oh. Like, I've definitely seen the halo. Yeah. Um, but the year recovery time is – that's pretty extreme. Right. So is like – is it going to be on Jamie to have to take care of Chris? Because from Jamie's perspective, I could see her being like, I got to worry about this narcolepsy. I got to worry about taking care of this woman for a year, you know, when she has her neck surgery. And that's only after – like we have to pay a whole bunch for this neck surgery and only when she gets lets it get so terrible that she can't not have it anymore. Right. Which means when you do have it, it's not really going to be an option anymore. Right. Right. It's going right. to be like this has to said. happen now. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it it's it is a lot. And I know it's kind of one of those things when you agree to marry someone, you do have, you know, in sickness and in health and everything. But it's like it does kind of feel like I feel like you were tricking me because you didn't tell me about the sickness. It's like sickness at first, right? Yeah. And 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 it's like and it's like yes, it is in sickness and in health. But I kind of you always think of that's going to be like yeah, in the future when we're old and you get well, sick. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like health insurance. I think you need to disclose some pre-existing conditions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it yeah. It, it, but it also goes on, I don't know, the kind of – the way she talks about everything also makes it sound worse. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the next surgery is pretty extreme. But like yeah. even like the toothpaste, she would have been like, oh, I actually – we have to go get toothpaste. But I'm allergic to mint, so we have to get something that will probably be kids' toothpaste, right? She could say it like that, but she doesn't. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm like – really allergic to mint and uh, I can't just get any toothpaste. I just uh, like she like sells it in a way she with the way she talks about what she's saying makes it sound like it's a huge deal. Well, the other thing is like, did you not brush your teeth before you all went to bed last night? Because you're only getting toothpaste in the morning. So what did you use? Yeah, I, I I can see, especially after like a night of doing what they were doing, just being like, ah, oh, we fell asleep and we have got didn't brush our teeth last night. Like, oh, I, gosh, I, I can but I'm talking about before the sex and be like, let's brush our teeth. I mean, how long have you been on that flight? <laughs> mm, that may be true. I'll give you that. Yeah, before you start making out. And it's like, let's um, yeah. take care of this breath here. Yes. <laughs> we can't use mouthwash because that's also mint. Mint, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's – it's it's. Let me it's, white, wash my mouth out with this chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I kind of what it was one of those things too that we got to Jamie's, you know, mistakes here and the the extra money. It seemed like last time she was like, oh, she went a hundred dollars over budget. And I was like, man, that happens with rent. You know, it's rent right. hundred dollars. But it's still twenty-five percent. It's twenty-five percent. Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking a hundred over, I was thinking rent was like two thousand and you got it for like twenty one hundred. And I was right. like, eh. 
whatever. You kind of make that work. Things happen. But yeah, she was like 400. She went 500. That's significantly I over. I know. But I kind of thought the same way. He's like, $100, no big deal. But it's like, yeah, she gave you 400 as the budget. That kind of <laughs> is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just I, I think we've seen it in previews. This couple just doesn't seem like they don't know each other. And no. they're, they're going to find out a lot very quickly. Well, yeah, they better. They're supposed to get married in like seven days, right? I think they're going to find out more than they bargained for very yeah. quickly. Let's put it that way. Goodness. All right. So people, again, people who are moving, people who are getting there. So today is the day that Gabe is going to be able to go arrive with Isabel and everybody else. So Isabel gets her kids together and they go all in the car together and they everybody seems really excited for him to get there. So on the way, she talks up how good um, of a relationship each of her kids has with Gabe they all really seem to click, you know. He's like, you know, get kind of gets that older bro vibe with her, with her, um, with her son and with her, with her daughter. It's like somebody else to confide in. So it's it's very different from the other men that she's been with. So by the time they get to the airport, he has already landed. But you know, it's time that they have to do that thing we should do at the airport. We have to wait outside of customs forever for mm-hmm. to get there after they land. So you cue the dramatic music and the bag dropping and the hugs and all that when he comes out. So they kiss and it turns into a big group hug and it's all very sweet, even if Sarah is like way taller than everybody in the group. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm super tall. Um, so he's really happy now that he has a family here, especially one that accepts him for who he is. So he shows Isabel his two new tattoos, the one on his arm with her name and the cover up that he got on the back of his name that covered up an ex's name. So she finds that all very romantic. So she says that she feels like this is her fairy tale relationship. So he's excited to be here now, but it's a lot for him to do before they get married. And he only has 94 days and 94 days isn't very much time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So on that first four day, days more than most of them get. Right? I know, right. Well, <laughs> most of them don't have to come out to any parents, which oh, seems yeah, to be a big deal. So that's an extra step that he has. So <laughs> yeah. On the first day, on the first day in Medellin, so Isabel can't wait to have him um, try some chirichia, but doesn't want to tell him that it's beef intestine because then he thinks he won't he won't try it. But he does, even though he knows it's something gross, because you wouldn't not tell somebody what it is if it wasn't something gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not a fan because he says it wiggles and smells weird. <laughs> so she thinks maybe it'll grow on him, but he's like, no, I'm never putting that in my mouth again. So no, it won't. <laughs> so. He actually – one of the surprising oh, – not surprising. His Spanish is pretty good, so they're actually able to hold conversations about things. Yeah, good so for them. she's happy but worried about being – about that being in a new country without the rest of his family is going to be too much for him. Uh, and, of course, that's just because she isn't the only one sacrificing things. She moved her, her family away from the town – her hometown, which is like an hour and a half outside of Medellin. So he asks it. He asks if her family knows he's trans and she tells him the truth that only Sarah knows and they know because – and she knew on the very first day because as soon as she was like, ah, I met this guy, Sarah was like looking at his Instagram like <laughs> and found out there. So he's actually like feeling really good about that because he's never felt that Sarah treated him with anything any differently or anything because of his – because of um, because of anything. So he's worried – mostly worried about what her parents are going to think. He doesn't want there to be any secrets from them. And we've he's kind of discussed and decided that he wants to tell them, wants to tell them and do it before they get married. So he says, you know, it's 
better also better that they hear it from him. So she's not particularly worried about her mother accepting things, but dad, that's enough her story. So he hasn't heard – he says he didn't really know kind of how the parents would take it. He hadn't heard that she kind of expects dad to take it pretty hard. Um, and you know he's hoping that isn't going to be a hamper in their relationship. But the next time they're in El Carmen where she's from, they're going to sit together and tell the parents. All right. So I don't know. I'm, I, I'm still kind of crossing my fingers on this one that the story kind of stays boring because mm-hmm. like – I like both of these people and I don't want to I don't want to dislike them. I know? know I agree. I think I think that this is enough of a challenge like the coming out piece. Sure. Um I mean her family could potentially be uh the villains in their storyline which I kind of would be okay with. I mean I hope it goes well for them but you know you know how television is. Someone's got to be a villain. So if it's not the accepting <laughs> yeah. family, then they're going to have to figure out another storyline for either one of these two to, uh, you know, be the villain. And you're right. I like both of them. So, you know, I hope, you know, maybe dad is a little hard to win over. Yeah. I don't, it, it, it seems they're kind of. We talked about repeated storylines. Yeah. Right. And, and Jen and Rishi is just like Jenny and Summit. This one might feel a bit like it's uh, Kenny and Armando. It does to me, too. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, Armando's dad showed up to the wedding. Right. Uh, we didn't know he was going to. Um, he was very convincing as someone who was very reluctant to accept, yeah. um, you know, and at the end of the day, he wanted to support his son and he said some nicer things It seemed like more off camera than like kind of making a public display about it, which to me made it feel more real. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like both uh, Gabe and Isabel. Um, I think this is really who they are. Uh, so I'm really hoping that things don't take a turn for the worse uh, in terms of like, you know, them. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully like this is their storyline, right? Just the challenge of uh, getting acceptance from the family. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and that's what I'm hoping, especially because especially the way the kids are both like whatever they, they they're all in. Yeah. On Gabe and like he gets along with the kids. It just it just seems real. It seems really good. And I don't. And especially where the kids are involved, like it seems like a positive addition to these kids' life. Right. 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 And and, and that's not what we've seen from all the partners that have come on to this show, where, where they did not feel feel like that. We're not used to sharp choosing a couple that we want to actually root for. You know, right. it has been a very long time. <laughs> so it's like, you hope it's this one, right? Exactly, for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to Nicole and Mahmoud. Uh, Nicole is angry with Mahmoud about asking her to button up at the airport, even though, like, let me point out, she was already buttoned up. She was already modest already. They get into the car with Mahmoud's cousin. He thinks it's normal that they fight a lot when she first gets to Egypt. Nicole is concerned with all the people living the house, like all his family, since she's used to living by herself. Nicole wants to get an apartment. She doesn't want to live in the house with the family. Nicole is also uncomfortable because their household is just so full and there's always a lot of visitors. She wants more space so she can be herself. Mamu tells us that everyone loves Nicole. They all say they want her to stay there. 
The family jokes that they will steal her passport so she can't leave. Nicole tells us that she's very introverted, so the family get-together feels very overwhelming for her. Nicole says that she gets sick from eating all the foods they fry. Fatma, uh, Mahmoud's sister-in-law, has adjusted well considering she is from China. Fatima offers her friendship, and Nicole says her priority is making friends. After some time with the family, Mahmoud excuses themselves. He asks how Nicole feels, and she says exhausted. They are both happy to see each other, but Nicole tells Mahmoud that Egypt is overwhelming. Nicole suggests that they find an apartment to get away from all the noise, and Mahmoud suggests that they stay in the family home for just a little bit. Mahmoud doesn't want to move out on his own only for Nicole to go back to the U.S. like the first time. Mahmoud brings up that Nicole has agreed to the dress code rules, but Nicole didn't realize that the rules were going to be so rigid and she admits that she agreed to it without really realizing how difficult it would be. Mahmoud says that he doesn't want other people to see her as sexy. Mahmoud says that he doesn't feel like he's forcing her to dress a certain way. But Nicole says that she is still trying and she wants to be true to herself. Mamu doesn't want to fight about this anymore and just wants to drop the subject. But Nicole points out that he never wants to talk about things and that's why there's no resolution that is ever going to be reached. Mamu keeps saying he would love for her to drop the subject. All right. So, you know, do you think that they're just going to continue having this argument over and over again? Like it is 90 percent of their storyline. I'm not even sure. I, I I don't know. Yes, I do think they are. Like oh, I think this is annoyingly re- repetitive. Yes. But I also don't know what kind of an argument it is because it's just him being like, well, I don't want you to do that. And her being like, but I want to do that. And him being like, but I don't want you to do that. And her saying, but I want to do that. That's not really an argument. Nobody's moving. Nobody's making any oh, right. cases. Nobody has any compromise. They just keep both saying what they want. Well, like, do you think that he's being unreasonable because she was wearing a turtleneck with like a blazer and the blazer wasn't buttoned up? And I guess because the um, and it was a fitted blazer and certainly a very fitted, like uh, probably stretchy shirt. So, I mean, sure. so he wants her to button up the blazer so that way you couldn't see the full outline of her chest, I'm guessing. But even with the fitted blazer, her buttoning up, it didn't really make much of a difference. Do you think she was being modest enough? Uh, no, because she's not listening to what his definition of modest is. Mm. And his definition of modest is if any man looks at you and thinks your body is sexy, you are not being modest enough. Mm. Like it is it is not your choice whether you're being modest enough. It is the choice of everyone else because that's literally what he says. He's like my – he more or less said that. My wife's body belongs to me. Yeah. I cannot I, – I should not have to share that with any man. It's private. Like you have to keep it keep it covered up as much as I keep my junk covered up, right? Okay. <laughs> like when I'm going out. No, but because I was thinking that's my private. That's private, right? Uh-huh. Like so if anybody looks at her and is like, ooh, then no, she's broken the rules. Like she had mentioned something about a sheet and that's more or less what he wants, like a big robe, something big and flowy that kind of right. just hangs down. Like that's that's what he wants. He wants other people to not be able to see her body. Yeah. Like, and I know that that's not going to be acceptable for her because she couldn't even take other people not seeing her hair, right? She couldn't take wearing the hijab. So it's not going to work. 
because they just what he wants is not acceptable to her and what she wants is not acceptable to him. I mean, I don't understand why they are continuing to repeat the same arguments over and over again. I honestly feel like they need to go to therapy. They need a mediator or something because I just feel like they're having such unproductive conversations about the same issues that they keep on fighting about. Well, I mean, the thing is, is this is not the first guy from even Egypt, right? No. I would say we have this, we see this a lot of stories with a lot of it where they're, it, it, it's gross. And you kind of saw his, his brother kind of said the same thing about his, his wife. They kind of, then it was like, oh, you just have to be so stubborn. And if you're stubborn enough for long enough, they'll give in yeah. and do what you want. Right. And that's all, that's his whole argument. He doesn't have an argument. He doesn't have a logical thing or a solution or a compromise. He's just gonna, he's just like, I'm going to keep being stubborn until you just do what I say. Shut up and just do it. Just shut up and do it. Which is where he was basically yesterday. Yeah. He's like, don't, don't, we're just going to stop talking about this and you're just going to do it. Just stop talking about it. Just stop talking about it. Just stop talking about it. Like That's all he's going to do. He doesn't want to move the product, move the conversation anywhere smart. He just wants to be stubborn enough that she gives in. Yeah. I, I just don't see how she doesn't see that this is just not going to go well. You know, it's like you're basically repeating the exact same thing as before. Nothing has changed. It's like, I I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't either. And she seemed to, when she got there, understand that, right? Like she was like, oh, my problems were all just waiting for me here in Egypt. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we knew that before you left. How did you not know that before you left? (laughs) Right, right. So again, so when they're there, what's your plan? It's another person who has... Oh, I just thought it would be better if I went back. Like, so I don't know. I don't, I I think that he is really into her physically mm-hmm. and is just like, well, if I have a shot at that, then whatever, she can come back. Plus it's her that's moving. It's no skin off his back. Right, right. Yeah, right. it would be interesting to know or see if he would ever be interested in coming to the U.S. I, I, from what we've seen so far, I can't imagine that. Like, right? It, the family explicitly said, like, she was like, "Well, do you have friends?" And we're like, "Why do you need friends? The family's like fifty people." Yeah, he does have a huge family, and that was really overwhelming. <laughs> like the amount of people in that house. Yeah, and I could just somebody who I'm sure is on a very strict regimented diet in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Just them being like, here's all this fried food. And she's just like, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, we didn't hear from uh, Danielle and Johan this week. So out of the group that we did see, who was your student of the week? I said Isabel, um, just because I like her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like she comes on the screen and I'm like, oh, it's not somebody I'm annoyed with. Somebody I enjoy who seems bubbly and fun to be around and like has a good family with fun kids. And it's like, oh, I could have this on TV too. It doesn't have to be all shitheads doing dumb things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually went with Jennifer, Jen of Jen and Rishi. Sure. Um, the reason why was because one – I super appreciate that she really didn't 
go hard in complaining to him about the lack of things. He asked her how her night went, and she was like, uh, it was okay. Or maybe it was in the interview. I don't remember. But she started off by saying, last night was okay. And like, that was, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, it was the worst night ever. So I thought she was actually a pretty good sport about it. Uh, but also, like, even though it kind of seemed weird that she changed her mind at the end, like, I appreciate that she's like starting to realize like, oh, I got to stick up for myself because, you know, this isn't going to go. I'm going to be the secret girlfriend for a really long time unless I move this along. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think I think one difference between her and some of the other, well, at least her and Jenny from Jenny and Submit, yeah, is that she's very well traveled. Yeah, right. And yeah. so that probably did not crack her top ten most uncomfortable nights <laughs> that she spent anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about your dunce? I went with Rishi. Just mm. this man has not. This has been coming for two years and he has not planned it at all. Right. Like even when the even when the mom was like, oh yeah, we're gonna there's gonna be some people coming from the village that you should meet. You know, the arranged girlfriend that you're trying to set up. His plan was, I hope they're asleep when I get home. <laughs> like Goodness. that was it. That was the whole plan. Like, what how have you not thought this through and get the apartment and and put toilet paper? Or yeah, something to drink. Come on. Or yeah, just towels, soap in the apartment. Like right. it's 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 just so poorly planned that I was like, what were you doing this whole time? I don't understand. Yeah. Um for my dance, I went with Mahmood. It's like having the same conversation. I mean I I'd almost like very easily could interchange Nicole in this, yeah. right? Argument. Because it's the issue that I have with the two of them this week is like, this is the exact same argument over and over. And not even between you all, between us. We keep hearing the same argument over and over again. And I'm just yeah. done with it. And the fact that Mamu doesn't even want to talk about it. It's like, well, guess what? This is going to be the same argument we're going to hear over and over again for this entire season. Stop it. I mean, I do. I don't know. I think I think I would pushback. It's annoying for both of them. I would slightly give the edge to Nicole because I mm -hmm. think Mahmood, as gross as I find his attitude mm -hmm. that my wife's body is mine and no other man should be able to see it. Right. Um, I think he's been pretty clear about what he wants. He was like, yeah. see how she's dressed? Like that. And and then she's like, yeah, but how am I supposed to dress? And he's like, like this? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, but how am I supposed to dress? What are the rules? And he's like, like this. And she's like, like but that's not my style. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, can we talk about it? And he was like, uh, we did? Like this? <laughs> like, and so I just feel like she keeps wanting to talk about it, thinking his answer is going to change. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about your life lesson? So mine was towards Julian. And it's like, ultimately – you can care about your parents and, you know, have advice for them, but they're grown people that you don't get to tell what to do. Like, I was floored at how disrespectful he was to his mother. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you talk to your mother that way? Like, yeah. she's your child. Like, she's your seven-year-old child that you're not – I wouldn't even like a dad talking to his kid about that way. Like, dude, like, you're being pretty condescending to that seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was doing it to his mom. Yeah, yeah. So you you don't get to tell your mom what to do. And she's not yours. She doesn't belong to you. 
And she's not your pro- – he like, seemed like he had weird like property. Like you belong to me. You shouldn't be doing this. What about me? But it was, uh, I, I just thought it was super gross. That my yeah. life lessons – Treat your mom with more respect. Oh, goodness, yes. Uh, my life lesson is kind of aimed towards Jamie. Um, you really should have full disclosure on all medical stuff. I know that she probably takes some things like, you know, doesn't even think so much about it, like the mint toothpaste because it's For just sure. like embedded in her life. Uh, but, I mean, why would she tell Chris about the narcolepsy but not the neck thing? Right. And it just it doesn't make any sense. I think your partner does need to know about those things up front because this is something that is going could potentially affect their life. If Jamie has to, uh, you know, take care of Chris for a year, that's going to affect her life. And you need to be upfront about that instead of dropping it on her seven days before you're supposed to get married. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we will be back uh, next week uh, with the same group because we're just getting started. Uh, but yep. it seems like everybody has at least. Oh, no. Uh, Debbie no. has not made it to her new home country yet. So almost yes. everyone has made it to their destination. Yeah. We just need Debbie and then we'll get the uh, which means it's good because we're going to finally get that that one scene where we finally get to meet the other person. Okay? Yes. Not only will we will De- hopefully Debbie get there, but we'll at least meet the other person. So right, right, right. So. About, it makes me makes me feel like that story might not be as long. There might not be as complex or as many things when they're like, wow, everybody else is there and got their things started. You know, she was like two episodes late and we still haven't met the other person yet. That's one of those ones that sounds like it might fall apart quickly just based on the timing. Oh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, people on 90 Day, like they will power through a season, right? They will power through. They will not break up with the other person. I mean, how many times have we <laughs> ever seen a couple actually break up during the season? Now, the tell-all is one thing. We've seen that. But yeah, I don't think we've ever seen a couple like break up in the middle of a season. No, you're right because if a couple did break up, they're losing they usually money. Ha- but they usually have enough footage that they can be like, "All right, well, we're going to stretch that. We're going to stretch that week into 24 episodes." Yeah, I mean, I guess the only one that kind of came close was Stephanie. And her oh, yeah. guy Steph- in the Caribbean, and it was because she she made all these like very like ugly accusations afterwards. I don't know if they're true or not, but um, she blamed production. She blamed um, well, right? Because they they broke up and they were like, mm-hmm. "How about his friend? Why don't you hook up with him?" <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, bring him in. yeah. So I yeah. think they're the only ones that I can recall, and they were still in it the entire season. Well, then there was the other ones, Erica and Stephanie in Australia. They were in it the whole season, but by the end of yeah. it, they were done. Oh yeah, you could tell they were done, but it was one of those things where they didn't actually. They made it through the whole season, right? right? So it could be that there's still enough footage to like get something, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. so we'll be back next week then. Okay. Okay, we'll until see then. then. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.